Hi everyone, this episode will be all about Ethereum and EFA, whatever origins of his blockchain and his cryptocurrency, and whatever outlook and the use cases. Have fun! Welcome to The Blockchain Lawyer, a podcast on technology and law. Dennis Hilleman is an accomplished lawyer with over 13 years of experience and a passion for creating a better future through blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive innovations. All statements expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the host and his guests only and are in no way legal or financial advice. And now, here is your host, Dennis. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the new episode. Hey, before we kick off, can you do me a favor? Wherever you listen to on what platform you are on, like be it Spotify, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and take a few seconds to rate this podcast. I'd highly appreciate it. So today we're going to go talk about the Ethereum blockchain and the cryptocurrency Ether. Because um, in the last episode, I talked about Bitcoin and now it's time to look at the second largest Cryptocurrency, Ether, and the probably most important blockchain at this time, Ethereum. So what is Ethereum? Ethereum was developed by a Russian-Canadian programmer called Vitaly Buterin and by the Brit Gavin Wood. And it is a public open source platform based on blockchain offering smart contracts. We'll go into that. It was only launched really in 2014 and 2015. And today, Ethereum is already the world's largest programmable blockchain. So it's absolutely a total, uh, total success story. What I think is really important to understand is that Ethereum is not a cryptocurrency. Ethereum is a programmable blockchain. It's so-called, if you want to compare it to Windows or to iOS, it's like a system on that blockchain application with so-called decentralized applications or dApps can run on. Like... Because Ethereum is programmable, so much more can be done on Ethereum than on the Bitcoin blockchain, which is not programmable. So Ethereum was like the whole idea was we create a blockchain that people can use to build their applications on to create smart contracts, to create new business models. And so this is the basic idea of Ethereum and the cryptocurrency EFA. Um, which is called, uh, which is abbreviated ETH, but it's just a cryptocurrency on the Ethereum blockchain, but it's not Ethereum as such. Please understand that and like, please uh, differ that already. And um, if you just look at the cryptocurrency Ether, it has many uh, of the same features like uh, Bitcoin. Um, Some of you might wonder what is Ethereum Classic ETC that you can also see on some exchanges. Ethereum Classic um, is, um, so to say, something that split up from Ethereum because there have been disputes in 2016. So Ethereum Classic and its programmer split up from the original Ethereum blockchain. So it's something different than Ethereum Ethereum and its cryptocurrency ETH. ETH. The special feature of... um, the Ethereum blockchain is, like I already said, that it's programmable, which means that developers can use it to build new kinds of applications on it. And what they do is they build it up on smart contracts. Smart contracts, we'll get into this into, uh, in a different um, episode. Well, if you look at it, uh, smart contracts, that are applications when run on a very simple system. They go on a system. If something happens, then do that. 
if and when. That is like if somebody, some of you um, programmed basic like I did when I was a child. You know, back on the Commodore 64, I programmed all these cool games like you did it with the if and then strings. And that is somehow, somehow, of course, very much more complicated how the smart contracts of today work. They allow like simple, they allow like programming of contracts, um, like if something happens, then do that. For example, if someone asks for a digital film on the Ethereum blockchain, then he has to pay for it and then he gets a copy of the film. We will get into that in a second. So um, today already um, Ethereum is the second largest blockchain worldwide after Ethereum and that's a huge success story in just f under five years. And it's today at over 60 gigabytes inside and therefore the largest blockchain, the largest chain after Bitcoin. And uh, it's no wonder that therefore the Ethereum community with the programmable blockchain is the largest and most active blockchain community in the world. It includes more protocol developers, crypto economic researchers, cypherpunks, mining organization, EDH holders, app developers, ordinary users, anarchists, Fortune 500 companies, and so on. So many more people are involved with Ethereum than with Bitcoin. And I think that's something to keep in mind that Ethereum really has a huge and large network. That is also because um, you can build apps on Ethereum. Just to mention a few, Gitcoin is a very popular app that's a, that's a network of incentivized open source developers. Some of you might know Send, that's a social network where you earn money for posting. Actually a pretty cool idea. I mean, Facebook pretty much owns or makes money by us using it, by us posting it, by being active on Facebook or Twitter, the same kind for Instagram. So what Send says, hey, if you are actually the one bringing the content, bringing the people, creating the network, and therefore creating value on the social network, then it's just fair that you are paid for that. Then there also has been already a game um, that was for some time, as I recall it, pretty popular. That's Crypto, uh, crypto Kitties, a game where you collect and breed digital collectible cats. How cool is that? Cats on the Ethereum blockchain. I mean, I have two cats here, so I prefer the real cats because they are much more fun, actually. But if you can't own cats in real life, you should. I absolutely say it. I'm a cat lover, so you say everybody should own a cat. But if you can't own a cat in real life, probably you want to go at least with a digital cat. And since the blockchain is totally secure and immutable and, of course, very cool, hey, why not use Crypto Kitties to get a digital cat? Then there's even a stable cryptocurrency on the Ethereum blockchains, DI, that is at the value at like $1. And uh, so you see there's already a lot happening on the Ethereum blockchain. Actually, if you look a little bit deeper into it, a lot of coins that have been offered in 2016, 2017, at the beginning of 2018, in so-called initial coin offerings, have been built on the Ethereum blockchain. So it was very simple to create your own digital currency. If you talk to people who could do a program that, they said, hey, that costs me like one hour of programming. Like you could program your own cryptocurrency within one hour. Why? Because it's based on the Ethereum blockchain. And that, of course, because it was so simple, it allowed for thousands 
of initial coin offerings, you know, like serious and often half serious and sometimes even pure criminal businesses to offer their own cryptocurrencies to make money and in initial coin offerings. That was all possible thanks to the Ethereum blockchain solution. The blockchain of Bitcoin and many of its emitters is a cryptographically interlaced list of transaction money transfers. I mean, you probably listened to my uh, Bitcoin podcast, which you see episode before. If you haven't done that, go back to that. It might be very in uh, interesting for you. And this is the basic structure of each cryptocurrency. But on the Ethereum blockchain, on the other hand, additional dynamic elements are mounted with so-called smart contracts. This is like the main key factor that differs Ethereum from Bitcoin, that you have a smart contract possibility. So if you want to explain to someone what Ethereum and um, Bitcoin differs, you can say, hey, Bitcoin is the largest blockchain with the most valuable cryptocurrency, but Ethereum is the second largest blockchain, but it has the huge advantage of being programmable and allowing uh, the programming of smart contracts on it. That's a very important point about Ethereum. Also, if you listen to my Bitcoin episode, you know that Bitcoin mining is restricted. Like there will be no more than 21 million Bitcoins at the end of the days. And Ethereum, on the other hand, is not limited. So in theory, the mining can go on infinitely. And of course, that is why Ethereum is much less expensive than Bitcoin. I think it's like $160 at the time of this episode. It was, prob it was already, I remember back in 2017, it was already at $1,000, I think, uh, dollars. But uh, as cryptocurrencies are very volatile, uh, Ethereum's e ETH suffered from that as well. And um, so understand that Ethereum is a universal operating system and that it allows for many use cases, therefore. And we'll go just go through some use cases. Of course, um, Ethereum can use uh, to make money trans uh, transfers. That's the same idea as uh, Bitcoin has. However, um, Ethereum claims that the transfers with ETH can be done much faster than with Bitcoin. Uh, also, Ethereum, with its possibility to program the Ethereum blockchain, it can allow for new business model in the capital market. Uh, today, um, in Europe, we have 99% of small and medium-sized co companies which have a very limited access to the capital market. For example, they are not listed on stock exchanges. By the Ethereum blockchain, you can program tokens for these companies, tokens with that you can participate in the profits, and you can sell as a company these tokens. There are great uh, ideas out there which work, I think, with uh, Ethereum like Stocker here in Hamburg. And uh, so probably like the Ethereum blockchain can actually like root, um, make a huge impact on the capital market, allowing small and medium sized companies to sell tokens for people to profit and uh, to benefit from their profits and therefore make investments in companies and therefore not, uh, they can avoid the very complex stock market and create their own tokens and therefore make crowdfunding possible 
without a middleman. I mean, of course, like Ethereum has the same idea like other cryptocurrencies and uh, blockchain solutions. It doesn't, there's no middleman needed. Also, Ethereum was discussed uh, for real estate, um, for example, for public ledgers, um, for the notary uh, uh, services, and also for crowd investing. For example, like if you have a, um, a house, if you have real estate, you can tokenize that as well and therefore raise crowdfunding with that, with that property. Ethereum was discussed to be used for um, voting, um, even like on political levels. Ethereum is very much discussed in the energy sector for selling energy, but also for uh, dealing and negotiating uh, carbon dioxide certificates. Ethereum is much discussed in logistics and supply chain solutions, in the insurance field, in the um, health sector. And of course, um, it is also discussed in fields like identity, um, the digital identity, the cybersecurity field, and the Internet of Things. The problem with Ethereum that is sometimes mentioned and uh, also could be an actual real problem is that the performance of the Ethereum network might go down if there's more and more applications. Some who have issued ear 220 tokens in their ICOs have already noticed that. I remember that back in 2017. It might have taken quite some time for transactions to be processed on the Ethereum blockchains if you didn't offer a good transaction fee with your EAT EAR220 tokens. And so the performance issue is actually an issue. But nonetheless, if you look at the whole thing, Ethereum as a whole is a great success story in a very short time. From the origin and market launch in 2015, it has become the most significant blockchain community worldwide. It's the second largest blockchain. It's a programmable blockchain with smart contracts, which have been a cool idea, I think, which will allow very interesting business models in the future. So we should look into that. And it allows revolutionary application with decentralized applications. And I think if I look at Ethereum with its possibility to create smart contracts with a whole big network behind it, with the whole power of the whole Ethereum blockchain. Uh, Ethereum will also have a bright future and ETH might be the second um, uh, most important cryptocurrency for the future as well. I mean, there's a lot of struggle with uh, Ripple uh, heading up um, and some others are also aiming at becoming the second after Bitcoin. But so far, Ethereum in EDH has held up very nicely because they have the programmed blockchain, they have smart contracts, and therefore offer so much more than some other blockchains out there. So I hope you enjoyed this. We'll look into other cryptocurrencies and blockchain solutions in the future. And I hope you tune in again for the next episode of A Blockchain Lawyer. Have fun, and if you want, if you find the time, connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. I'd like to hear from you or your thoughts on this podcast and what you would like to hear in the future. Bye for now. If you want to learn more about Dennis, please visit his website, theblockchain.lawyer, or connect with him on LinkedIn or Twitter. Until next time, everyone. 